Could you shake hands with death and say thank you? Hey, everybody, I'm Steve Green with Bill Whittle and Scott Ott, and this is Right Angle, brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. Uh, gentlemen, I came across a story today that was both sweet and shocking. Uh, it's out of uh, Israel. On Monday, an 85-year-old woman, a peace activist, uh, she and her husband used to, uh, before the, the war started, almost three weeks ago now, I guess, uh, used to transport ill Gazans to Israeli hospitals for treatment. On uh, the weekend of October 7 and 8, with the Hamas terror invasion, uh, she and her husband were taken captive from their uh, kibbutz called Nir Oz. Nir Oz, excuse me. Um, <clears throat> sorry, this is kind of a difficult story to tell. Their, their home was burned down in the process. And they were taken to Gaza in what her daughter called a, a spider web of tunnels underneath Gaza City, the ones that are been built with such great expense by Hamas. Um, <clears throat> somehow her release was secured along with another elderly woman, and they were both released on on Monday, which is great. And uh, uh, the woman, let me see if I can get her name correctly, uh, Yecheved Lifshitz uh, said the usual things about the good treatment she got from her Hamas captors and, and all the rest. And of course, her husband is still being held captive, and so you would say these nice things about the treatment, hoping that that will continue for her husband. But what got me about the story is after her release, she walks off camera, then turns around, heads back, shakes hands with her Hamas captor, says thank you, and then wishes him shalom, which is the Hebrew word for peace. Um, Scott, I, I can understand saying nice things about about the captors that still have her husband. I I can understand everything else, but turning around and saying thank you and shaking hands, um, that really stuck in my throat. That seems to me like she is a peace activist who is stuck in a particular frame of mind, which then gave Hamas a beautiful propaganda moment. Am I, am I being too harsh in my judgment here? I don't know if you're being too harsh, but I would suggest that there may be more possible reasons for that. Um, and, you know, obviously the, the initial inclination is, oh my goodness, how could you, how could you thank your kidnapper um, and who still has your husband in captivity? And part of it may be that, the, the idea that you don't want to offend somebody who still has your loved ones um, under, under their boot. Um, but I think there's another possible interpretation here, and that is that she's more powerful than they are. Um, that they are frightened people who are desperate and trying to do whatever they can, and that she is confident enough to turn around and go back and say, basically, thanks for not killing me, thanks for taking good care of me while I was there, uh, the implied thank you for releasing my husband when you do. But uh, it, there's a sense in which it takes a level of, of confidence and poise and a genuine sense of what peace means. I mean, peace isn't just the absence of war. There's a, there's a sense in which peace is an inner state. Um, and to go to your, to your former captor, and, and a lot of people would just look at this and go, okay, Stockholm Syndrome, you know, she's, she's fallen in love with her captors and she's become like them. She's Patty Hearst. Um, but I, I, I don't think it's really that. I think it's her going back and, uh, and doing something that she can do 
to convey a sense of humanity and a sense of possibility that shalom is possible for them as well. And Bill, I, I did forget a few details out of out of her story. Her Hamas kidnappers uh, forced her and her husband, as they're both in their eighties, uh, to walk several kilometers on uh, on damp ground. They've got medications, which of course were 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 left behind. Along the way, she and others were beaten with sticks. She has bruises and lacerations and all the rest from that. So, uh, with those details in mind, do you think I'm being too harsh? Is Scott got the right angle here? Uh, what's going on? I'd, I'd feel much more confident commenting on this if they weren't still holding her husband yeah. or any other hostages. Yeah. yeah. Uh, giving them what they want on camera is, you know, what they want on camera. Walking off and turning back and giving them some more. Uh, is uh, of what they want in exchange for those hostages it would be my way of trying real hard to get my husband out of there if I, if I was her. So it's, it's tough to judge uh, actions when, when literally they're, they were being held at gunpoint and, and her husband continues to be. With that said, uh, there, is, there is a form of virtue signaling that exceeds reason and and this may be one of those cases. Um, obviously, we want to admire people who want to, you know, mend fences, and it's better not to be at war than to be at war, and this idea of, you know, of, of people reaching out to the idea of people who forgive their, their murderers, people who murdered their children, that kind of thing. There's, a, there's certainly something noble there, but there's also, to me, a kind of an unshakable uh, naivete about it. Uh, you know, it, it really, I, I don't know how else to say it. If, if, if I'm dealing with Hamas, you know, fooled me once, shame on you. Fooled me 1,400 times, you know, shame on me. At what point are you going to realize that saying shalom to these people is not going to solve the problem? And I think that's really the heart of it. Yeah. This is the, I, this is the progressive, this is the progressive um, cataract in their eye. They believe that because they are good, kind, peaceful people, that all they have to do is be good and kind and peaceful with other people, and they will respond in kind. And it seems in, it seems in some cases it is impenetrable to make it clear to them they do not think like us, they do not act like us, and they do not respond to the same stimuli as we do in the way that we do. And if you're not willing to see that, then you're no longer you're no longer trying to build bridges. You're, you're just simply trying to show you, yourself, and everybody else around you just how unbelievably, you know, uh, virtuous you are. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying this woman is doing this, but I am saying I've seen it before. And I'll give you an example of this. Um, when this was several years ago, there was a, uh, a Swedish woman, young, young, attractive Swedish woman, and she, when, when Sweden was taking in all of the refugees, remember that was that huge flood of refugees, and lots of Swedes went to the train station and held up big welcome signs and balloons and all the rest of it. So this, this young uh, woman went to go into one of these refugee camps to work with the refugees and so on, and she was gang raped by this group of young Muslim boys from whatever country it was. Okay, her heart's in the right place, and that happened, and that's not all of them, and I get all the rest of it. That's not the point. The point is, after this woman was gang raped by these people, her colleagues told her, 
you cannot report this because mm. it will make them look bad. The and I'm thinking, you know, it's the actual raping that makes them look bad. Yeah. It's not the, it's, yeah. you know, you know that, that's the part that I would, would have an objection to. And that dynamic is the dynamic I'm talking about. You can't fault somebody for, for being naive enough to, to think you could make a change like that. But after an experience like that, you would think at the very least, you would be willing to qualify your unbounded love for, 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 uh, for these people by saying they're not all sweet folks. You know, there's some... To, to have to have the, her colleagues say, pretend it didn't happen, because if it gets out that you were raped by Muslims, all the people who are worried about being raped by Muslims are going to be more worried about it. And, and that's the thing that I can't bear, Steve, is, is that kind of is that kind of impervious to reality sense of of, you know, mission or whatever. Uh, Again, in the case of this woman, if, if I had a loved one being held hostage, I'm sure I'd do everything I could to, to, to sweeten the deal. But in general, there, there is a, a real blind spot that progressives have regarding adversaries. And that blind spot, I think, consists of finally, you know, it's just called mirroring. We did this a lot during the Cold War. Mirroring is when, is when you assume that your opponent thinks the same way you do and that they have the same objectives that you do. And we mirrored the Soviet Union all the time. We kept thinking they were reasonable people who liked to have discussions and that they must be making a mistake. But in point of fact, no, they did all this stuff intentionally. So mirroring is, is, you know, is, a, is a real problem there. And ultimately, ultimately, I think it's a form of egotism because when you are, when you, if you say something like um, the only reason that Hamas did this was because of Israeli settlements or encroachment or whatever reason they want to come up with. What you're basically saying is only we are responsible for the events of the world. They don't have their own uh, authority. They're, they're not even real people. They're NPCs. Whatever we do affects them and then they react to us. So, so, so if, we, if we start being nice to them, they'll be nice to us. But basically what you're saying is they don't have an agenda. They don't have a strategy. They don't have choice. They don't have free will. They just reflections of what we do and that's the height of arrogance and yeah. that can get you into a lot of trouble yeah the, the reason i tend to uh, uh fall on the side of what uh, bill called progressive cataracts and i just i, I love that phrase i'm going to steal that is uh the woman's daughter sharon told the bbc that the way her mother walked off and then came back and then said thank you was quite incredible to me it's so her and just can I add one yeah, thing please. Uh, just very, very quickly. I saw a few days ago, uh, it was tweeted out. It's a picture of an Israeli businessman and his young daughter. She was probably 14 or something. And this guy had had built tech industries in Gaza and the West Bank, tech industries using Israeli money in Gaza and the West Bank and employed hundreds of Palestinians in this high tech job because he believed in the in the potential of these people living together and all of the other good reasons why you would do that. And his daughter was murdered by Hamas in that in that original attack. Now, if that doesn't change his mind, then I don't know what exactly. to say. Uh, let me uh, let me tell you another story from the uh, Niraz kibbutz where uh, the woman and her husband were, were taken cap captive. Um, I've got notes for this, or excuse me for reading all this. Uh, another victim taken from there was an eight-year-old named Ohad, uh, whose beloved uncle was killed in the attack, according to CBS. The boy, his mom, and grandparents disappeared, with the only thread of information about them coming from a cell phone signal traced to Gaza. 
Uh, oh, I just celebrated, if, if that's the word, and if he's still alive, his ninth birthday on Monday as, as a hostage of Hamas. Um, his father uh, told one of the news stations, I keep imagining what he is going through. He's a sensitive boy. Did he see dead bodies? He wears glasses. Did they take them from him? Can he see anything? Uh, it's just, it's absolutely heartbreaking. And the thing to know about this, this kibbutz is its pre-war population was just under 400 people. And yet it has its own Wikipedia page now. And that Wikipedia page is titled Nuraz Massacre. Um, you can find this grim statistic there of the 393 people who lived there two and a half weeks ago. More than 80 are still missing, and 25 have been confirmed murdered by Hamas. And I can't shake hands with that. That's your right angle on that. That's uh, well Excuse said. me. Brought to you by the members of BillWhittle.com. Thanks so much for watching, and we'll see you next time.